I want to invite you to take your Bible and go with me to Luke chapter 2 this morning. As you're turning there, today we are going to focus our attention on peace. Uh, If you've been with us, you know we've been in this series called Something Greater and seeing how Jesus is the fulfillment of this story of redemption that God was writing from the very beginning of Genesis and these significant markers and these covenants that he's made. And we focus on these key words to help give some intentionality to this season of anticipation of his arrival. We've talked about hope as an anchor to the soul. We've talked about love and Jesus being the greatest expression of that. Last week we talked about joy and the reality of who Christ is allows us to experience joy. No matter what is happening on the outside, we can have a joy, a lasting joy on the inside. And today we turn to peace. You know, for some of us in here... Christmas morning uh, is anything but peace. I know when I was growing up, uh, our family decided that we would uh, go to this house and then we would go to this house and we would go to this house. It was like a morning of chaos, right? Some of you, you have chaos just in your home on this morning, right? And some of you, you love it, right? You love the chaos of Christmas morning. What I mean by that is when you get done opening presents, you have gift wrapping paper, boxes, tape. It's just everywhere, right? It looks like the gift wrapping section blew up in your living room, right? There's others of you in here, you hate that. What I mean by that is the moment a present is opened, you're reaching for the, uh, for the gift wrapping paper to put in the trash bag. Am I right? Who in here, you're that person? Yep. Yep, me too. I'm with you, right? In fact, I shared this last night and this morning. I was getting pictures from people showing me how gift wrapping paper had blown up in their living room, right? The chaos of Christmas, right? Here's the reality. Is it in some ways that understanding or idea of that gift wrapping paper being everywhere and what is to be a morning of celebration sometimes can be a reflection of our lives if we're real honest, Right, we, we, we would like to envision life looking like before we open the gifts, where every gift is wrapped perfectly, it looks nice, it looks really neat. But the reality is, as we experience this life, as we experience the struggles that come, we know that sometimes it feels like life has just blown up. It feels like we don't know where to turn. And we're thankful in that place when we don't know where to turn, that we can trust that because of the arrival of Christ, it brings a true peace into our life. And so today we're going to be reminded, I believe, from Luke chapter 2 of this understanding that we can find peace because of the reality of who Jesus is as our king. Today, real briefly, we're going to see that the arrival of King Jesus, it makes a way for peace. And we're going to see that in the context of the familiar Christmas passage in verse 1 through 7. So I want to invite you to stand again to honor the reading of God's word. And it reads this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Crinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Let's pray together. Lord, today as we take a moment here to dive into your word, we pray, God, that it would not just illuminate our minds for understanding, but that it would capture our hearts to move us into a life of obedience and faithfulness towards you. 
God, would you speak to us? Spirit of God, would you have your way in this time? In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, when we read those familiar passages, there are things that stick out to us. Things that remind us of that familiar Christmas story about Mary and Joseph and no room available in the inn. But I want you to catch this morning as we consider what I mean when I say King Jesus is the one that makes peace. And what Luke is doing here in setting this birth narrative within the context of an earthly empire or an earthly kingdom. In a sense, he's going to contrast this coming king in humility in a stable with the empire of which he was born into. We see there in verse 1 that it tells us that this decree went out from Caesar, Caesar Augustus into the whole empire. When he speaks here of the whole empire at this time, it would have been the known inhabited earth. That all people were to gather to their town of birth to register in this census. So it's a, it's a reminder for us as we are going to see the angels are going to say that this is good news for all people. And we see already the, the universal nature of what's happening here as this story of redemption is unfolding. And we see here, as the whole empire is going to be gathered to their place of birth, it is happening because of a decree of a very powerful man, a man named Caesar Augustus. Well, in fact, his name wasn't Caesar Augustus. That was a title that was given to him in his role as emperor, as leader of Rome. But his name was really Octavian. And Octavian was a powerful man that honestly, the people of Rome placed high hopes in this man. In fact, the Roman Senate, who would represent the people of Rome, they, they would vote. They would vote on Caesar Augustus and took a vote approving him as being one who had divine characteristics, if not divine himself. And so the people, they, they longed to have someone that they could follow that could give them hope. But not just give them hope, could give them comfort, could give them security. Ultimately, I believe they longed for Caesar Augustus to be a man who could give them peace. In the 19th century, there was a discovery in Turkey of a calendar that displayed the birth date of Octavian. And in that, in this calendar, it was desiring to start a new year, or a new set, a new era, if you will. And the belief was is that they were hoping that with this Octavian was one who would come and would ultimately bring the greatest years of the Roman Empire that Rome would ever know. It was the desire that with this coming of Octavian that wars would cease and peace would come. But as we look now from history and look back, we know that although that may have been wishful thinking, it fell quite short. Because the reality is, is even the most powerful person on earth is unable to bring peace into the souls of men and women. And with that reality, we turn to a coming king. You see, I want you to understand today that genuine peace is provided by the true king. Genuine peace is provided by the true king. Although they longed for this Caesar Augustus, who was a powerful man of an earthly kingdom, the reality for us today is a reminder that the one who was laying in the stable was the king of an eternal kingdom. An eternal kingdom who rightly sat on the throne of heaven, but who also sat rightly on the throne of David. If you notice in this passage here, it tells us in two different times the significance of David to the story of redemption that God is writing. Look at me in verse 4. It tells us that Joseph went to the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea 
to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. So Luke, the author here, he wants you to recognize that the city Bethlehem that he's going to is the city of David. And then it tells us again why. It says there at the end of verse 4, because he was of the house and family line of David. Now why is that significant for us today? Well, I think what Luke is doing here is he's showing us that Jesus is the true king. Again, in this series, over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at these significant markers in the Old Testament as God was writing this story of redemption. And we've seen how Jesus truly was something greater. He was greater than Noah, the Noahic covenant, where God had made a promise to never bring earthly judgment on the world through a worldwide flood again. But we said that Jesus is greater because he and he alone is the one who can handle not just an earthly judgment, but our eternal judgment as being that substitutionary atonement on our behalf. We talked about the Abrahamic covenant and how it was one from the line of Abraham who would come and be a blessing to the whole world. We saw even last week with the Mosaic covenant how God had made this promise to show the people how to live in such a way that pleased God and would be a blessing to them to keep the law. But they were unable to do that. But Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. Is that something greater? And in 2 Samuel, we see that God would make another covenant with David. A shepherd boy, a young shepherd boy who would rise to be king. And God would make a covenant promise with David to say, David, it is from your line that someone will sit on the throne forever. And so as the pages of the Old Testament, as you work through them, you see over and over again this hope and this promise of one who would come from the line of David. And as the gospel writers Lay out this pinnacle moment of scripture of God coming to be with his creation. Over and over again, we see that truly Jesus is the one that God promised. Jesus is the fulfillment of that Davidic covenant. That he would come and be that one true king. And because he's that one true king, he and he alone is the one who can bring real lasting peace into our life. Why can he do that? Because he's not just a king who remained on a throne, but he's a king who stepped off of that throne to come and to purchase redemption for his people. You see, most kings would be tempted to sit on a throne and to entrust their warriors, their trained men, even the men of their empire, to go and to purchase peace for the empire. But that's not God's story. God's story is one where he steps off his own throne to come and to purchase a peace that we couldn't purchase for ourselves. And I want you to understand today that in this Christmas narrative, we understand that genuine peace can only be provided by the true king, but that lasting peace is purchased by the Redeemer. If you remember, in fact, even with Abby reading that story, a reminder for us about the angels that would come. And the, the, it says that the, that, the, that the multitudes filled the sky, and they proclaimed glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And in that phrase, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, 95 to 99% of us in this room, if not 100%, when we were to say, hey, what did the angels say? We would say, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill towards men. That's what we would say. That's how we've always heard it. That's how we've always said it. But I think the passage that we see here, the translation of what I'm reading out of today, I think clarifies for us exactly what they meant when they said peace on earth, goodwill towards men. You see, it wasn't just a general wishing that people, that things would go well for them. 
But it was a reality of what this baby was coming to do, and that was to bring redemption. We see an incredible offer of peace here, don't we? Because the, the Christ child is coming, there is peace that is going to come to the earth. But it says here with crystal clarity that peace towards those whom he favors. Well, who does God favor? Well, Scripture is very clear that, that he favors those who walk by faith. In fact, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it tells us that we have been justified by faith. That means we have been made right with God by faith. And because of that, look at what it says. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we come today and we admire and we celebrate this baby who would lie in a manger, we recognize that there can be lasting peace because of what that baby would accomplish. That that baby would grow to be a man who would walk among people who would show them what God was like to do these amazing miracles, to teach with incredible authority, but ultimately to go to a cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for mine. And it is in doing that and paying that penalty for us that you and I, the Bible says, that we can confess our sin. We can acknowledge to God the unfaithfulness in our life. And we can be made right with God through the forgiveness of our sin because of what Jesus did for us. And what does that mean? It means that when we do that, when we come to that place of acknowledging our sin before God and the need for what Christ did for us, that you and I today can know that we can have lasting peace in our life. Because regardless of what else happens, regardless of how difficult this day may be for some of us, there can be a lasting peace because we know we are at right with God. And so today as we celebrate Absolutely, let's celebrate that Jesus has come. But let's be able to celebrate that Jesus had come because we understand why he came, and that was to bring peace between us and God. The Bible says there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. He and he alone is the one who can provide lasting peace in your life. And listen, I hope that today you get a lot of great gifts but I don't want you to miss the greatest gift that is offered to you if you've never received it. And that is the gift of peace with God through Jesus and his love for you. Would you bow your heads with me today? I want to give you a moment here to consider. Have you ever received that gift from him? Do you know today that you're at peace with God? That peace with God doesn't come through a couple of weeks of being a good citizen and living right. Doesn't come through having good church attendance over the last couple of months. That ultimate peace with God. It only comes because that baby grew to be a man. And that man is the rightful king of heaven and earth step off of his throne to purchase that peace for his people. So today, right now in this moment, you can just receive him into your life by faith to acknowledge before God the sin in your life and the need, the need for him to forgive you of that sin. Right now in this moment, you just confess to him your need for him. You acknowledge before him your belief in his death, his burial, 
his resurrection, that he truly is the king who had power over sin in the grave. And today, just commit to him your desire to follow him, that he would be the king of your heart, he would be the king of your life, your desire to follow hard after him. Maybe today you're here and you've acknowledged Christ. But again, your life just feels like the living room after Christmas morning. Just the chaos, the unsettledness. And today I pray that regardless of what the living room looks like, that you would be reminded of the settledness that we can have in Him, the peace that can come that our situations, circumstances, finances, relationships, none of that can touch, but it is settled in our soul. So Lord, today, we're grateful for the peace that you provide. Thank you, God, that as we look throughout history, we see the world desiring to find peace whether that's in a a world leader, whether that's in the vices of this world. God, we look at our own lives and we see how often we have desired to find that peace in our life. But thank you, God, today for that reminder that you are the true king and that you and you alone can provide that genuine and lasting peace in our life. In Jesus' name.